It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Thursday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out on a Thursday edition. Jeff, welcome in. We almost missed the intro, uh, a little sidebar conversation that took us right up till the brink, but uh, welcome in. Always fun having you in here. It's a it's humid, muggy morning, uh, but nonetheless, it's not raining. Yeah, that's a bonus. It, I know it rained a little bit yesterday and it looked like it may have overnight and... I had to use my windshield wipers a whole bunch because it just kept sticking little, to the windshield. A little froggy. Yeah. Yeah, I know I uh, I had a, an incident this morning where uh, my coffee cup is uh, is abused at, at a high level. Uh, it really is. Like, I, I leave it on the roof of the car, drive off. Uh, this morning was not my fault, though, so I'm, I'm pushing. I'm being a good dude, right, making sure the trash is to the road. So I crank the car, kind of let it do its thing. It's not a cold morning, but, I mean, it's never good just to jump in and go. You got a diesel. You know what's up. Yep. Uh, But what I'm saying is I just get in, crank it up. I sit the coffee cup on the roof knowing, like, in my mind, it already hit me. Don't leave it on there when you pull out. So I get the trash can to the road, and I turn around, and it's almost like it was planned. I literally turn just to see the coffee cup tipping, and then, bam, on the ground. And I'm like... I've got to be better to this thing. The good news is, though, it's uh, it's um, it's the sealed deal, you know, and it's got, like, the lid. So it did, when it hit, it popped the lid open. I probably only lost, like, a couple ounces. but That's not bad. Now i got this little teeter-totter Euro bowl type uh, coffee cup here. You can tap it on the side, and it'll mix itself. Yeah, right. Yeah, no shake required. Yeah. But uh, anyway... Uh, that's my morning. That's how that's went. And then, yeah, you, you, you always, you never look at, at windshield wipers, or at least I don't, uh, and go, oh, it's a sunny day. Those are a little rough. You might want to replace those. No, I found out this morning when it looked like I was trying to, to, to windshield wipe. Is that what you call it? Wipe off yeah. my windshield? Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, with my fingers. <laughs> it just looked like just Ace yink, yink, yink. Ace Ventura out the window. You won't do that in East Tennessee on a muggy <laughs> morning. <laughs> You'll have, a, you'll have a face full of bugs. But but anyway, man, uh, cool topics today. We're actually going to talk hockey today. So yes. um, we actually had people turn off. I heard it like right then. <laughs> like right then they did. But now we're going to talk about NASCAR, NHL, and then talk a few other little, little tidbits of the sports world. But start off with NASCAR. So NASCAR's had a opportunistic couple weeks, but they've had a, a hard week to go. Because they've, uh, I think now they've they've rain delayed three races of the four. Yeah, they the problem that they're definitely getting it out there while there's nothing else going on. Because normally they're competing with a lot of stuff. You know, Sunday is normally a busy time for NASCAR, football, 
you've got other things going on. The Xfinity race is what Saturday normally, and a lot of times they're competing with other things. So and they they moved it around too. Like so they yeah. they were doing some weird things where they were doing the Cup race then the Xfinity race. Well, the the Cup or the Xfinity race at Bristol was to be Saturday, and I think they're moving it to Friday, just so that they can they. I don't know. Yeah, it. It, there, once once the weather breaks things up, it kind of gets really, really yeah, weird. Yeah, because you never know what's going on. Well, what I think is smart, though, is when they postponed it, they're going to run it tonight at 7 o'clock. Yeah. What I like about that is normally when they run it the next day, it's like 1 p.m. Oh, yeah. And everybody's at work. It yeah, it's makes, ridiculous. It makes a little – Well, here's the other kicker. You're trying to run a, a weekday race. Why are you starting it at 8 p.m.? Do you – are you trying – that West Coast. that West Coast. Well, this is Charlotte again, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm just saying they're trying to get that West Coast TV bias. I think they need to start it at 7. Yeah. I mean, that that would at least work a little better because 8 p.m., I mean, by the time they get done with all their introductions and stuff like that, which I know that's a lot quicker right now. I was going to say, that's a good thing about no fans. They uh, they don't do those. It. I mean, you're starting so late. Right. I mean, and look at what happened with the last 600. It was Monday morning when they finished. What I what I think would be good is is if they um, like since there's no driver introduction, they should start the broadcast uh, with the pace car on the track. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Like here's the starting lineup, lights are off on the pace car, rock and roll. Yes, because I mean, what what are we gaining? I, I know they want to they want to get the close up of the driver so you can see the race suit and you can see all the sponsors on the the suit and. Yada yada yada, but anyway, I delayed again. But my my point was, is and really kind of the conversation piece today was, as NASCAR have they kind of been genius about? I guess what I'm saying is, what was it the cart or the horse? Did sports want NASCAR to say, hey, are you guys willing to run two extra races to try to try to keep something going? At least in between races, you know, we can talk about what happened, lead up to the next one, and then we've somewhat got a continuation of sports. Or didn't ask our Bruton Smith and company because those are – if you talk about innovation or being able to extend a sport, I would say send people to NASCAR. Because, I mean, you, you're not going to see – or what well, you have seen in lieu of, but you're not going to see like NFL players go, you know what, we got a lot of room on this helmet. Let's put let's put you know X you know sponsor on there. Let's put you know this sponsor on there. You're not going to see that. But no. NASCAR said, you know what? That fire suit looks real plain. Let's just go ahead and put stickers all over it, or put embroidery all over it. And so NASCAR, as far as extending and and putting things in front of people that really, I mean, the fan is a a at sight investment and and an, an at sight intrigue. But like on TV, I've missed really nothing. I've seen now it's weird when they get out and they kind of look at the the fans that are aren't there and kind of raise their arms. That's a little weird. Yeah, I think a couple of them made like a joke about it, haven't they? Well, you, you know, it's it's kind of I think you're somewhat dispositioned to it. So you've always won. You've always went to the flag stand. You've always done your little thing. Get back in the car and do the burnout. Well, now it's almost awkward if you don't. 
So you're like, it's kind of like Ricky Bobby. What do I do with my hands? Yeah. Because they're like, I, I know to go get the flag, but then what do I do? So they're really kind of playing to the camera right now. Like, I don't know if you watched the truck race the other day. Mm -mm. So, you know, uh, Chase Elliott won and, and basically right. beat Kyle Busch for, for the first time that he's lost a truck race in maybe like a year. Something <laughs> stupid like that. But but anyway, it was like a bounty thing, too. Like, whoever can beat Kyle Busch in a truck race was like getting $50,000 towards a, uh, a charity. So he did, he gets out, and in true, like, keeping it revved up fashion, he does the, the Kyle Bush bow. And <laughs> I was like, that's epic. That's so good. But, no, it, I love what NASCAR's done. I think they've capitalized really well on the platform. I don't know if it was the, you know, sport world, like Fox or whoever, or if it was NASCAR that, that, that put that out there. I would put stock in that it was NASCAR. That's what I think, too. Because I, I think they understand – uh, one, that they need to get some point races in, in the mix because they don't want some asterisk championship. But then at the same point, I think it also puts it puts really good focus on two really good tracks for NASCAR. You've got the throwback classic Darlington, Too Tough to Tame, Lady in Black, the whole deal. And then you've got Charlotte, which is, is kind of the crown jewel of NASCAR. In my opinion, there's a lot of great tracks. Daytona is something, Talladega is something. Uh, there's all these road courses and different things, but if you want to, if you want to show somebody NASCAR, you show them Charlotte. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you and I are on the same page. I think they're trying to avoid an asterisk championship year, and that's why because they they made a point to to show that they haven't ran a point race in the middle of the week in how many years, and here in two weeks we've got two of them, and. For me, I definitely think they're trying to capitalize on this because when else would they be able to run a race midweek and actually have people watch it? You know, with, with nothing else going on, normally you're contending with what Monday night football, Thursday night football. I ain't gonna lie though, if they'd put a race on Wednesday, I'd watch it. Yeah, and the be I'd, and the I'd thing is, is speed up the season. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Could you imagine? Like it'd be like Ironman sport. Because, I mean, especially in some of those dog days of summer, you know, once we get in July, could you imagine running the uh, the Daytona, uh, you know, the the summer race, the the firecracker, if you will, and, and then coming back like the next week and doing it again? Yeah. Like I <laughs> – See, here's the problem. Their season starts – or let's see. How, does, how much past October or uh, August does it go? It goes into October. It's like right. late October. That's, that's why they run in Miami there. Like. And that's why they need to speed it up and get – because I'll be honest, when football season starts up, I don't watch the race. I'm watching football. Well, and, and I actually threw that out there. Like, So I'm the more and more I watch NASCAR, the more and more I become an Xfinity fan. And the reason I say that is because it's the young driver. Like, yep. I, I After Dale Sr. left, like I became a Dale Jr. fan by protocol, right? Like you had to. But I wanted to find somebody that was, you know, that was just a little edgy, you know, whatever. And it was really hard to find it in the Cup Series. Or if you found it, it was a Tony Stewart two years away and he, he retires. Or or it was somebody else two years and retires. And there is a young breed of, of NASCAR driver. But I've found that if I just stick with some, some Xfinity drivers, you know, like a Noah Gragson or something like that, then cool. You can like him for three or four years. And then you can follow him to the Cup Series. Right. So you, you kind of get a little bit more longevity out of it. And two, it's kind of like college football. 
I feel like I see a more aggressive brand of racing in uh, in Xfinity just because those guys want to get a get a ride. They're yeah. not they're not interested in bringing home a straight race car like that doesn't pay the bills for them. And so I, I enjoy that. But I even thought I told Laura I was like, what what if they run the Xfinity on Wednesday? Because I'm going to tell you from like the second week of August. They don't get Wayne on that on Xfinity races if they're Friday night races. Well, and, and it would make more sense because if you look at it, the Xfinity series normally only runs a 250 or a 300. They don't normally branch out into the fours and the 500-mile races. Well, and, and why it would make a little bit more sense, too, is social distancing. That's not going to go away. No. Like, that's, that's going to be – at least through this year, I don't see that going anywhere. And, and they talk as much as 18 months that they're going to want to push that. Well, what that would do for you is is you don't have 80 trailers in there for a race. You have 40 right, or, or 45 or whatever because there's going to be guys that come and don't make the cut. But you could have all the 40-plus cars there for the Xfinity on Wednesday, you know, put the, the trailers or whatever, you know, two or three spots apart, however that needs to look. And then they're out of the way when the cup guys come in on the weekend. And then there's those 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 weird weekends where they're not even in the same state, you know, like Xfinity will race in Iowa or something, and then uh, the the Cup Series will be other places. Yeah, right? that is weird when they do that. Well, it's just because it's it's not a good enough track to be a Cup race car or Cup race track, but it's good enough to be an Xfinity track. Yeah, it's kind of like how they started with Kentucky. You remember, like Kentucky you know, Speedway. I've heard a lot of people really talk good things about Kentucky and that they need to bring the Cup race there. There's a lot of speed there. There's a lot of speed there. Uh, and, and it's just it's a it's a it's a good shape track to where you know you can see a lot of it. Uh, they they get good speed, but at the same time, there's banking to where when they're going through the turns, you're not like I don't know where they're at. Right. So, but I, I like what NASCAR's done. I think they've 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 really done a real good job of of navigating through some really like awkward times in the i racing situation. You know, we've we've of course talked about those with the Bubba Wallace with the the Kyle Larson with the the emergence of Matt Kenseth with Jimmy Johnson being terrible and, and then all of this and then now they they re inject the sport into the kind of the TV mainstream and I think they've done a really good job I I, I think it was funny a few the first couple broadcasts uh, where Mike Joy and Jeff Gordon uh, were were doing it I really thought they were like waiting on that reset button that I Racing had and it just wasn't happening <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, it, it's been good to see that the the NASCAR reinjection. I think it's funny because you, you've seen you've seen Kyle Busch still be Kyle Busch. You've seen you know Chase Elliott come out strong and really uh, be a what could have been the la- the first few weeks. I mean, he probably could have had two two wins out of these first three races. Oh yeah, easily. Uh, and, and and he's just he's he's finished runner up due to a Jimmy Johnson disqualification. Uh, a bad pit strategy, but we talked about that on Tuesday. I think uh, that that's gonna that that was in in lieu of the the expectation there would be multiple restarts. Um, but they're racing again tonight. We were gonna talk about results of last night, but we don't have that. Uh, I still I still if if I had to put my money somewhere, it's with Chase Elliott. The way he's running, the way he's he's, he's kind of tuned in, and especially that he won, he finished runner up this past weekend at the six hundred. Uh, well, finished third, but but ended up runner-up. Won the truck race at Charlotte uh, the other night. I just think the next the the trifectas get the win uh, tonight. I would definitely put my money in the Chase Elliott basket. 
I also wouldn't I wouldn't look too too far away from Brad Kozlowski because he stayed up in the top five, top ten most of that race and 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 was there at the end. I also Kurt Busch, you can never count him out either. Hmm. And I promise you this: if it came down to Kurt Busch wrecking Chase Elliott to get the win, he'd do it again. Kyle or Kurt? I mean Kyle, yeah, Kyle. So Bush. so question question: if I gave you Joe Gibbs racing Hendrick Motorsports or the field, who do you take? Hmm. Probably Joe Gibbs. You got to take Gibbs because because Denny won a race yeah. in this first start. Kyle's won a race in the first start, and then Kyle was pissed the other day yeah. uh, over the truck race. I mean, and, and again, that's why Kyle will always be Kyle. Like he, he, it's weird. Like if you watch, if there was a bar graph or, or like a little ticker on my fandom of Kyle Busch, you got to look down, but it's it's down here. <laughs> but but it's you know it's going, and then every so often it'll take an uptick because he drives real good. It'll take an uptick because he's got a little boy, and I can kind of appreciate that. And go take an uptick because his wife's, you know, a really good lady and, and seems like she kind of keeps him on a straight and narrow. And then all of a sudden he'll take that helmet off and talk into that microphone, and I'm like, yeah, right back down to the bottom. And and that he literally was like slinging helmets and stuff like that the other day at the truck race. I'm like, dude, you're driving your own equipment. You're behind the wheel. The only person to be mad at you. Yep, and but so, that's him. That's how he is. It sure is. And and probably if he'd work out a couple of times, he wouldn't look so puny when he does it. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. I yeah, digress. it happens. <laughs> Every single day. But, uh, you know, let's check on out of here. Let's check our first break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Vince McMahon. Not the WWE, but the XFL. The discussions, the... Uh, the arbitration or, or courtroom scenarios going on with their, their bankruptcy. And uh, the question was raised, is he bankrupting XFL to buy it back cheaper and escape some debt? We'll talk about that on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses, as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. During the Safer at Home order, Knox Area Rescue Ministries has continued to provide a home to those without one. It's shown why CARM is an essential business in our community. CARM Stores was recently designated as an essential business as well. CARM Stores thank you for your previous support and are excited to announce the reopening of donation centers and stores. As we resume receiving your generous donations, we recognize that business might not be completely as usual. We will continue to monitor guidelines from local officials and practice safe social distancing recommendations. We appreciate your continued support of Knox Area Rescue Ministries and CARM stores as we remain dedicated to serving the homeless, needy, and vulnerable during this time. A public service announcement from Knox Area Rescue Ministries and your friends at Blunt Broadcasting Corporation. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcast and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Thursday edition of the grind. Hey, Jeff, it's uh, we've we've t- we're kind of beyond spring football. We're kind of beyond the spring season. I mean, we're we're trending ever closer to summer. But uh, Vince McMahon continues to reel me back in to the 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 caveat or the idea of spring football yesterday uh kind of some uh, announcements or, or a little bit of storyline come out about the uh, the impending case around the uh, bankruptcy of the xfl vince mcmahon uh in in recent days have been has been accused of manipulating uh, the bankruptcy case for the xfl so he can buy the league back later on at a reduced price without having to pay some of that debt he has uh, refuted that and said that that is not the case and claims as that is unsubstantiated. Well, that's a nice one. And inflammatory, uh, as he also said, he has no intention of buying back the XFL. He said, I'm not going to be a bidder in that situation. So he said, uh, 
you know, here's a quote from Vince McMahon. He said, I don't know why that's out there making me out to be the bad guy, uh, that I'm going to buy the XFL back for pennies on the dollar. Uh, McMahon said in a deposition, uh, he said, that helped me uh, move in the direction of I'm not going to be a bidder, uh, not going to have anything to do with it. I do hope that someone will pay a lot of money for it, and I do hope that it will survive. Uh, this this is really odd coming from Vince McMahon. This is a defeated statement. This is a I had something that didn't work statement. And and honestly, the Brash 2000 edition of the XFL Vince McMahon, you'd have never heard that. So uh, I guess the question is, one, do you think that was in Vince's mind early and maybe since it's been somewhat exposed through the courts that, uh, that they, he's had to go a different direction? And then two, does it really matter? Uh, because honestly, uh, XFL, AAF, um, all the leagues that you've ever wanted to think of, uh, they just seem to let you down when it's spring football. I'm just going to stick with college football, and and I know because that's uh, that's sustainable or seems to be. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just say, you know, if you want to play at some rate, put it on a, an app or put it on a on demand YouTube channel, and I'll check it out when I can. So my thing with this is I. I think that maybe that was an option and that maybe that was in the back of his head because he is a businessman and and I don't think he's an unsuccessful businessman either. I think he definitely run he knows what he's doing. And the problem is he he did create this league this time around and I and I don't think that it didn't work. I think it did work. And the problem was when you're trying to start something up the stars have to align. Everything has to happen without any hiccups so that you can financially make it through your first season. And then hopefully you can bring in a little bit of more. Well, unfortunately, bat soup happened. And so Well, and I think his was his was a dual 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 edged sword, if you will, because not only I'm sh- pretty sure he was probably bridging some of the WWE Oh, uh, money without a doubt to to fund the XFL. So when you took fans out of the WWE and then you had to shut down the XFL, it was a it was a Titanic size gap. Yep. Uh, it was one of those you poked a hole in the bottom of the boat and let's just watch it sink. Yeah, and and so when he does when when that happens, he just knew that he saw the writing on the wall, and and I don't think he wants this to die because I mean he made a really good league. It was fun to watch. The competition was legit. You know, they they worked through some very minor bugs. For a first season, their bugs were minor. They Mm -hmm. weren't that bad. Um, With the rule changes and the way that the game was played, you would think that you'd see a whole lot of hiccups and, oops, I messed up. There wasn't any of that. Mm -hmm. You know, they did a really good job. And so I really hope somebody comes in and tries to pick this up, but I don't think it's going to be a single person like Vince McMahon. I think it's going to have to be a collaboration of, like, super money giants and – you well, know. and I think I think you've got to 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 sustain something like this. This, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that there's there are those people out there. Let's just put it out there. But there's not those guys that are willing to lose for a year or two. Right. Uh, you, you need to you need to have guys that that literally have throwaway kind of money, that yep. that literally could say, you know what, we could literally double our losses in year one, and we're going to keep this thing around. But the problem is. I don't know that the the fan base or, or the world because I feel like if if there's an even kill version of a fan, I feel like I'm one of those, which I think all fans maybe do. But uh, I think I'm pretty even kill as far as I want it to work. Like I was unfazed really by the AAF, 
I thought it was kind of hokey from the beginning, so I gave it the asterisk. I said, you know what? That doesn't count. They tried to rush into it. They were just trying to beat the XFL. Yes. That was their attempt, and that's why it failed was because they were too rushed. So the XFL, and, and, and you know, to their credit, you know, had they had they not had their, their faux pas and their, their shutdown based on money, if they could have made it through year one, they would have been the, the, the roads right here because they would have been in year two they would have had some some revenues, some uh, some reserves, if you will, and might sort of could have sustained this this gap. Whereas XFL waits on the start, and then year one is the is the dropout. So uh, nobody can predict that. Nobody knows that. But I do think it's funny talking about Vince McMahon. It said uh, the reason that he he's being accused of this is because in all of the situation of 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 filing for the bankruptcy and doing all this stuff, Vince held on to his right to obtain bidding rights. And and he his his response to that was is well, I uh, you know I, I really wanted uh, to to make my mind up, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I think it's been been questioned his uh, his loyalty to that decision. He said the bid procedures are designed to ensure that McMahon uh, can acquire the debt acquire the debtor at a fire sale price with third parties having little or no meaningful opportunity to do the diligence required to ensure a fair process. So what they're not wanting is, is again, because Vince McMahon is still a big player. Uh, they, they filed bankruptcy 13 days after the, the shutdown. Right. Uh, which was not exactly the way that was released. Uh, you, you know, they basically filed bankruptcy when they released the players. It really didn't communicate that way right out of the gate. But uh, I think Vince McMahon held on to some assets to still have some something to build back from. Uh, but at the same rate, uh, I think the system is built a little tougher uh, today than it might have been in the year 2000. And, and between he and his, his partners, uh, I have no doubt that there was some business side of it uh, to try to flip this thing and not, not lose their end of it and be able to get back at it. Yeah, I, I I think he held on to his 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 bidding rights because I think he wanted his presence felt that if some if somebody really was serious about going after this, maybe they might have to contend with him, and it might it might vet out people that might not think they can make it. You know who I think should buy it? Trump. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a reprieve from the USFL that he killed. So, but. No, I think the NFLPA should buy it. Ooh. Ask me why. <laughs> why? Because uh, you can always keep those guys in work. Yeah. Because you could always – it's a fluid system then. The same people that are, that are kind of interceding, if you will, for the NFL players are also doing that for, for the XFL. So it's really, oh, man, this team's going to cut this guy. Okay, let's go ahead and start spinning that web and turning that circle to where, okay, okay, you're going to get cut here. So you have these options in the NFL, or you can go here in the XFL. And it's really like a fluid situation. And then it becomes a farm system for the NFL immediately. I was going to ask you, so would the NFL have ties to it? Because the way, if, depending on how they do it, if the, if, if the Players Association buys it, but it's not tied to the NFL, the NFL could look at it like a threat. Like, oh, they've got a backup plan if they ever decide to go on strike. 
Well, and they they maybe could, but I, I think it would have to be NFL backed at some level because you've got I think I think they said what nineteen hundred players is mm-hmm. in the PA. Uh, that's probably not enough to to not have a huge uh, impact on each individual to to pay for something like that. But I think if you if you spread it across nineteen hundred players, thirty two teams, owners, franchisees, and the front office. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to where people can check in, check out. You could have sponsors come in, you could have investors come in, but it's so thin that not it it, it would defeat the AAF and the XFL's downfall. There was not enough hands in it. It was it was one guy or one entity pulling a trigger. Would you be interested in any more though? Like, is the NFL going to leave the rule changes that we felt were superior to the NFL? in this league or will they change it to be just like the NFL? I don't know. I, I mean I think I think in, in the effort of player safety, I I don't see how after you see that it was somewhat entertaining, how you don't continue to push it to the NFL the, the kickoff deal. Uh you know, I I don't know about that. I think with the speed of the game, I don't know how running the clock faster wasn't a isn't a thing that's gonna stick. So I don't know. I, I think it's all about what you're getting into, what you're what you're putting out. Like I, I think a lot of the NFL slowdowns is because they have so many sponsors that they've got to get in. Uh, so I mean, some of those things are gonna you're gonna have to pick that poison, right? But only thing that 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 kind of I don't know. I, I don't know if it would work. Is is it's still spring football? So to me, if you went to more of a a farm system or more of a, a, a you know kind of a a building block to the NFL if you will it would need to be like a summer league kind of like uh minor league baseball you know minor league baseball basically starts when when major league baseball starts but it runs short and so for playoff pushes and things like that you can call guys up right uh so so there would have to be some shift and and it's going to have to have an overhaul from a uh, from a fan uh, jaded perspective, you, you know, because I, I mean, like I said, I, I would literally, I mean, and I, which I'm an, I'm a NASCAR, I'm a, I'm a pretty much anything that I can follow the ball puck, whatever. I like it to a certain extent. Some I like more than others, but uh, it, it would be hard pressed for me to, to engage in, in another spring football league. So I, I think, and I think that's going to be on the bidding block. That's going to impact how people pay for this thing. Because um, I, I don't know that it's uh, it's one of those things that you could do. Does ESPN buy it? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I, th- I think all of these things are really interesting as I, to, to the shakeout. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm to the point now where if I don't hear the right either name or the right entity that has bought it, then I will be 100% not interested. Well, and, and I think they, they're they're painting themselves. So once the USFL fell, which, uh, again, people my age don't really remember that. I don't remember the USFL. I don't either. I just remember watching the 30 for 30 and, and of course, understanding that it was a spring league that, that, it, that ended up trying to compete real-time with the X, NFL and failed. And so – that's all I remember about it. But but with that, with the failure, the the incompetent management that was that, then the AAF came in, uh, or XFL 1.0, I guess, was the next one. Then the, the AAF came in and failed. XFL 2.0 came in and, and was struck with a pandemic, and now it's failed. Now the Inceptor, 
that the right word of XFL doesn't want it back. So there's there's just a lot of well, if you don't want it, why should I want it? Yeah, I there's can see a, that. There's a lot of that that conversation, and so with me, uh, it, like I said, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to up the ante like big time. Like I don't think they have to change the product on the field at all for me, but they've got to somehow sell me on big time talent, or they've got to sell me on this is how and why it's going to be here next year. Yeah, because I was I came an ace of of buying gear. Again, I came an ace <laughs> of buying gear for the AAF. The only reason I didn't, it was the best thing in the world that Memphis was terrible in the AAF because I would have had stuff because I just thought they were cool, the Memphis Express. I thought that was really cool. Uh, and, and so I was really close to buying gear. I was really there. Week three, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick it out because maybe they'll be good one year and gone. And then here, the same thing. You know, we were talking about it. Honestly, had they had, you know, I think Dix was one of the ones that were carrying some of the stuff. If they hadn't a, like, I mean, it was cheaper to buy a Tennessee hat than it was to buy an XFL yeah. or something. So if they hadn't gouged it up, I'd already had some, uh, some, well, oh, I was, I was ready to get a hat, but there was, I even still would buy a hat, but they're still wanting like 20 bucks. For yeah. Them. Forget that. Yeah. Ain't happening. No, ain't happening. I'll get a sticker made online. I'll, and I'll tell it's like those memes that says I'm gonna tell my kids this is such and such. Yeah, I'll just get one that's kind of close to the roughnecks and say I'm gonna tell my kids this is the roughneck. Just find a Washington Sentinels hat. Yeah, right. <laughs> is that not the truth? Is that not the truth? But man, uh, I, I don't know where, where Vince McMahon's mind was when he canned this thing. I think he was solely on his pocketbook. But now I think in the bankruptcy situation, in the depositions, etc., it's exposed that. He's not going to buy it back. So does that mean the end of the XFL? I don't think it matters at this point because I think at this rate, spring football is going to stay where it needs to stay. It's going to stay on college campuses. It's going to be something that hopefully post-pandemic we still have, uh, you know, if, if as long as things get somewhat back to a normalcy. And, uh, and I think I'm just cool with that. I'll start, I'll start picking up other springy sports. You know, I'll, I'll watch more baseball. I'll – I'll, I'll catch, you know, NASCAR, maybe they'll keep this midweek stuff and we'll just bridge it uh, from the end of February, mid-February, all the way to, to August to try to get football year-round. We'll just do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that's, that's the best we can hope for. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just telling you, I'm a, little, I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired of this XFL stuff because they let me down again, Jeff. They did. They let me down. They let everybody down, sure. especially after putting something good out there. Well, you know what we're not going to let down? these good sponsors we're going to play their little messages and we're going to hope you enjoy them and we'll be back on the flip side of the break you're listening to the grind 100.9 fm 8:50 a.m and streaming at wkvl.com we'll be back you don't want to miss it
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Pet owners love watching their pets enjoy life. But when you see your pet constantly scratching in misery, might be time to come out to Rule King for flea medicine. And now, get $5 off flea or tick prevention products for dogs or cats from Bayer. That's $5 off Soresto, Advantage 2, and Canine Advantage 2. Hurry in, because this is while supplies last. While you're there, be sure to check out all the fun toys your pet will love from your neighborhood rule king, America's farm and home store. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. At the Blunt Partnership, we're working to keep people safe and informed about the recent outbreak of COVID-19, the coronavirus. We know that as members of the community, businesses are experiencing unexpected challenges, and we're committed to providing as much support as possible. Find business and community information on our website at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have you heard about or seen The Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into The Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download The Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly 
from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser along Jeff McIntyre, and we're talking sports here on a Thursday edition. Jeff, I know you're you're going to smile from ear to ear on this topic because <laughs> I don't talk it a lot, but I feel like they did something that's worth talking about. The NHL uh, says they're 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 ready to come back, but they're uh, they're done with the regular season. They're going to jump straight to a 24 team playoff setting. I, I like it. I like the uh, the cut and dry side of this. I, I like what they're doing. And honestly, I think if you've played a little bit of regular season already, you knew what you had. Yeah, and, and some of the stuff that they're doing too is, you know, you, you have teams that make late season pushes and things like that. And so by opening it up to 24, they're they're really helping them out. Now, there were a couple teams that did vote against it. I think they said that there was 31 there's 31 teams and, and a representative from each one voted. Two teams voted against it and it's because they don't like the matchup that they'll get if they uh, if it goes like the way they want it to. And 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 you know, I think either the commissioner or somebody else came out and said, you know, you just can't please everybody. And that's the truth. You know, they've got to do something. They've got to move forward somehow and I mean, this is it, and and the thing is, is you're gonna get an end of the season. You're gonna get it's 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 a modified playoff system, but it is still a playoff, and it'll still fit the bill to where I don't think you'll get an asterisk beside the championship. Whereas you might see that with with you know maybe somebody else. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think they've. Uh... You, you can't please everyone, no. by the way. Uh, I looked at the final standings, and the ones that are going to be left out of this thing, barring a, a, a 180, they weren't going to be there. Right. They were terrible. Like yeah. It was, it was uh, let me put it in Major League Baseball terms, or, or football. I mean, I can put it in both, actually. Um, it was very much the, uh, who was it that was just so, the Royals? Last year, you remember when they were like they were like twenty games under five hundred, and they'd only played like thirty games. Uh, and then it, it's kind of like the Cleveland Browns, the the Bengals, you know that level. That's why you get the number one pick is because right. you're that bad. And here's the thing, for those who were like tanking for the top player, they just sealed their deal. They're in that lottery now. So if they were down to to try to try to get anything out of this, they're they're there. And the fact that only two teams disliked it, that means they're cutting seven out, right? Yeah. So five of those were just fine with it. <laughs> well, the, the the two teams that voted against it, I think, are in. Are in, actually, yeah. They just didn't like their matchup wow. and, and their matchup. So, like, for example, a, a team that probably would have had a good, op- a good reason to not like it is, like, the Penguins. So under normal circumstances, 
the Penguins are just flat in. But because they're opening it up to more teams, it's the top four seeds from either side are automatically in. But five through, I think, 12 are they're, they're technically the play-in, so they're kind of like the wild cards. And so the Penguins are going to have to play to get in. Now, that being said, they're playing the 12th seed, so they should have a pretty good matchup. Mm. Um, but at the same time, they could have had an argument to say, well, I'm having to play to get in, but in a normal season I would have already been in. But to me, I, I think this is better than nothing, and I think 20 of the nine, 29 teams agreed that this is better than nothing, and well, they'd like to see a conclusion. Well, and I think it's one of those deals. It puts the regular season in perspective. You know what? You go back and look at those losses. That's what puts you in a bad matchup. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, you know, that's not – that that's more uh, the, the self-reflecting por- portion of this. But, but here's kind of a basic timeline of the NHL. Of course, they did the pause in self-quarantine uh, back on, on March the 11th. Uh, the top 12 teams from each conference entered the 2014 playoff. Uh, which they were were trying to mulling over during the during the break. Uh, phase two will start in early June. There'll be some non-contact skating for players in small groups at the team facilities. Uh, and the po- this post covers uh, the key points. If you if if there's more to it, there's there's some NHL documents that you can go get. But uh, this is just the basic timeline. Phase three will be formal training camps starting no earlier than the first half of July, and then phase four. Uh, we'll we'll start thereafter a 2014 playoff, including some seeding games, some play-in rounds, et cetera, et cetera. But well, I thought it was cool because they've not only looked at at where they're going to play, how they're going to play, but they've looked at at you, you know kind of ways to once you get a clean point, holding on to that. And and what they're wanting to do is use this uh, this hub city uh, setup, basically uh, host cities that are that are going to be designated for certain groupings you know it's kind of like uh it's kind of like soccer the group rounds mm-hmm. like pool play if you will and, and they'll they'll get cut up from from that standpoint at chicago columbus ohio dallas texas uh edmonton alberta canada las vegas los angeles minneapolis st paul area pittsburgh toronto ontario and vancouver uh all of those uh you know being those those hub cities um, East, each conference is assigned a hub city with secure hotels, arena, practice facilities, and in-market transportation. Teams will be limited to 50 personnel in the hub city with only a small number of support staff permitted to enter the event areas. Uh, timing and sites will be determined as basically they get to those phases, uh, again, because one hiccup is going to change that whole schedule. Uh, it says how the 2014 playoff format will work. Uh, it's a competitive format. Uh, in each conference, teams will be seeded by points percentage. Uh, they'll have a round robin. The top four teams will play the first round seeding scenario. Uh, regular regular season overtime rules are in effect. Then they'll have a qualifying round. The remaining eight teams will play best of five series to advance to the first round. Uh, first round and second round formats uh, are, are to be determined. So I think they're going to kind of play as they go here a little bit. And then there'll be a conference finals and a Stanley Cup finals, best of seven, just just very similar uh, to what they do now. The winners from the qualifying round play the top four seeds in the first round. And then individual first-round series matchups remain to be determined. So looks like Eastern Conference, uh, city number one, 
Uh, we'll have the. It looks like the the. It will have the Boston Bruins, Tampa Bay Lightning, Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Carolina Hurricanes, the Islanders of New York, Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets, Florida Panthers, New York Rangers, and the Montreal Canadiens. That's a lot of names right there. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. I knew like four of them. <laughs> I was really good. I was really good. Like, I, is there, I, I really never heard of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Is that a thing? They're an expansion team. They came in uh, maybe five or six years ago. Okay, and they're so not, not horrible. like completely. No, off. and, and the, the did neat... they come in with the the Vegas team? No, Vegas came in just a few years because I like them. Like they're cool. Yeah, and and Vegas, Vegas was one of those teams where normally, I mean, expansion teams come in and struggle. Period. That's just what happens. Yeah, and. The hockey, the way that they do the expansion teams is they actually put together a competitive team, and it, it's impressive. Now, there's been a couple expansion teams that have been terrible, like Florida. They're, they were not a good team. But Columbus came in and has been a decent team. Uh, Vegas came in, and in their first year, they they ran into the playoffs. Um, yeah, they didn't they actually make it to the Stanley Cup? Yes. Um, because I was like – well, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, and, and but and it's because of the way that they do their expansion. Their expansion is is you know each team has a, a set number of players that they can save. You cannot select this player, and then they have so many of each position that they are allowed to select throughout the expansion, and you're basically just cherry picking off of these teams. And so, example for for the Penguins, we had we had uh, two goaltenders going in, and we had Flurry and we had Matt Murray. Flurry had it in his contract. I'm an automatic save if an expansion team tries to get me. Well, they restructured his contract, and he allowed oh. them to say, "Okay, well." He, and, and there's there's a business side of it too, because Matt Murray was 22, and Flurry was like 31. Ah. Uh. So he, not in that rebuilding mode, anymore. right? And he knew that if he didn't go to the expansion, he was just going to get flat released. And so they restructure his contract to make that 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 statement change. And then the Vegas Knights select him in the draft. And so now they Clock have starts over a little bit. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is and and for for him now he's a starting goaltender again because Murray had taken that job, but he's also and he is a starting goaltender caliber. Now Vegas gets a starting goaltender, and they start the season with an awesome setup. They also got a good goal scorer out of Nashville. They didn't save James Neal, which I know none of these names mean anything to you, but he. I just I just know Carrie Underwood's husband or whatever. Oh, Fisher, that, Mike, yeah, Fisher. Hmm. He and so when That's James Neal true. goes to Vegas, you know he was a goal scorer for them. I don't know why they didn't save him. He should have, but. Now Vegas has a good goal scorer. They have a good goaltender. Now you pull in some good defensemen, and you've got a core. And they did, and that's why they ran the way they did. But it, you know, it, it was just unprecedented for an expansion franchise to do that. So yeah, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you. Since uh, I think his name was was his name Mike Fisher. I think it's Mike Fisher. Mike yeah. Fisher. So he's retired again. I think yeah, he, he only does playoff runs now. <laughs> but hey. uh, but uh, between him. P.K. Subban, who they've traded now, and then uh, Pekka Rene. 
Yeah. Uh, he's, those are the only names I really know. You know, that I liked that Nashville team, and they had a really good core, and when, they, when, when my Penguins beat them. Like, it speaks to my core roots when you can throw a catfish on the – Oh yeah, on the floor. I mean, that's just yeah, yeah. It, it was, it, but the, the problem was, is after they after they made that run, they blew that team apart. Yeah, they Florida Marlined it. Oh man, they bad. Sure did. Yeah, and and now I mean they're still a competitive team. Don't get me wrong, but they don't have that same magic they did that one year. I just want to go. Like I feel like I need to go. Like I've went to, I, oh, to yeah. a lot of Ice Bears games and I've liked them, but I've heard like it's another step up to it go is. to a. Go to an NHL game, but let me let me run through the Eastern Conference names just because I, I like saying their names. It's it's almost like reading CFL names, honestly. <laughs> but uh, the city the city one for Eastern Conference will be the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, the Philadelphia Flyers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Carolina Hurricanes, the New York Islanders, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Columbus. Blue Jackets. Did I just read those again? I think you did. I did. City 2, Western Conference. That tells you how much I was paying attention. (laughs) Uh, City 2, the Western Conference, St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Dallas Stars, the Edmonton Oilers, the Nashville Predators, the Vancouver Canucks, the Calgary Flames, the Winnipeg Jets, the Minnesota Wild, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Chicago Blackhawks. And the uh, the I know the, so I knew a lot more of those teams, like the only ones that I didn't know were the Minnesota Wild. I really didn't know much about those guys, and then probably the Edmonton Oilers. And I just those are just because those are names that I don't see often. But like Dallas Stars, I've I've seen that a lot. Vegas, you know, we kind of talked about that. Is it St. Louis like the reigning champ? Uh, no, the Capitals won it last year. I think no, 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 no. Maybe St. Louis did. I really think it's St. Louis. I don't remember. Once the Penguins get eliminated, I start to not not really care as much. <laughs> Put this one in the Wayne column because yeah. St. Louis may be. And the only reason I know this is because somebody on Facebook Marketplace was selling like some some glassware that oh. had St. Louis Blues on it. And I'm attentive. I'm th- I'm thinking it was either St. Louis or Washington, one of the two. Google. Tell me, yeah. Google. Tell me, Google. We got about three minutes to go, Jeff. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up. But I, I like what they've done. I like that they, they've kind of SEC'd sports uh with this deal they're saying hey we're coming back and here's the format we're going with and they're not waiting around and and i like that and i understand their sport is blues boom confetti jimmy johnson (laughs) but uh anyway uh i love that they've stepped out now i understand their format is different than most sports uh they're they're not going to align with baseball they're not going to align with football so really they needed to make their own decisions but the fact that they're very much a not even just a national sport, they're a they're a continent sport because they're in Canada and, and things like that. So they are they needed to take a lot of caveats, a lot of things into consideration. I love the hub city talk. I know a lot of people say that it takes it away from from individual fans. They weren't gonna have fans in the stands anyway. No. So this is a TV season. This is a TV year. I mean, everybody every sport is gonna have to pep up their TV money because things are, are going to go that direction because fans in the stands are going to be limited if allowed at all. So I like what the NHL's done and, and, and the way they're going to push this. Yeah, and and if there's a sport where the fans aren't as impactful to the game, the NHL is another one that's like that because it's you just know, so fast on the it, ice. It's yeah. so fast. You, you, you definitely get the jeers and stuff when the teams are being announced. 
and there is a little bit of that whenever certain players touch the puck, things like that. Maybe they could put TVs in the penalty box so that fans could still like razz whoever's in there. Yeah, that'd be cool. An idea. Yeah, throw a, throw a microphone and a baby monitor in there. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, go, 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 he's in there. But anyway, uh, we've ran out of time, Jeff. We've had three different topics. I, I can't believe we made it through a whole discussion and, and really very limited Tennessee talk. Not something I'm proud of, but it's the truth of today. But anyway, if you missed some of the show or want to go back and check it out, check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. Click on SoundCloud and find today's date. It's as easy as that. But, Jeff, thanks for coming in. Always fun talking to you, but we're out of time. Check out Jason Swain at the top of the hour. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.